ever done before. And not only so I can go back and see what I was praying for and what God has done, but also it just helps me to, um, you know, like just physically write something down and not just think about it as some far out thing. It actually brings God to the, you know, what you're talking about to God and just bring it to paper. And so we can go back and look and like, see what God has done. It's just at the end of the year to be able to look back and, and see the promises of God. So we're going to sing about that this morning.
Come on, raise your worship in the building. Turn to your neighbor and say, I believe. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say, I believe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whatever you're standing in the need of today. He said, if thou canst believe, all things are possible. Hallelujah.
our ministry time, I want to share a word of the Lord that he spoke to me. Um, I knew it was for me, but then he shared with me that I should share it with all of you. Because I'm sure that if this is something I need to be careful of, so do you. Amen. So I'm just going to read it to you the way I wrote it in my journal. He's given to me over several days now. So I'm just going to read it to you like he gave it to me, okay? Be careful what you watch, you listen to, who you listen to, and what you say. The enemy wants to replace the things that you have given up in this fast to consecrate yourself to him with another distraction. Keep your focus. Guard the gates to your spirit, your mouth gate, your eye gate, and your ear gate. All these gates give access to your spirit man. He may try to represent or present an old wound that you had taken care of or you thought. He may bring another relationship in that you thought you had resolved all those feelings about. This happened to me this week, y'all. Things that you felt like you had overcome and you did, but he wants to remind you of those to try to keep you distracted. Don't be surprised at his tactics because the devil doesn't play fair. So I just want to encourage you today. There's a lot going on. We got a lot of sick faith family. We got a lot of other issues going on. The sickness seems to kind of overshadowed everything else right now. But we have a God who is all powerful. And we have a God that is worthy of our praise, even in the midst of every kind of distraction that the enemy can throw at us. Amen. So today, as we worship, go back into worship some with this. I want you to just give him every distraction that he's trying to throw in your way. Because guess what? He's not happy about what's going on. He doesn't like it when God's people unite and are praying the same way and are fasting and are meeting together on First Friday prayer. He's not happy about it. Do y'all think he's happy about that? No, he wants to still kill and destroy. And he sees us moving in our victory and in what God's called us to do. So as we go back into this worship time, I want you to take this time to pray for our faith family. I know you have been already. I want you to call their names out, but I also want you to say, Holy Spirit, if there's anything in my life that has tried to replace the things that I have given up to focus on you, if there's something else trying to keep my focus, God, I give it to you right now. And every day I will say, I will not be distracted. I will focus on you, God. And I want you to say that every day. If you have to say it a hundred times a day, remind yourself that it's all a distraction. You know what the acrostic for fear is, right? False evidence appearing real. Fear's not even a real thing. It's what the enemy wants you to be afraid of. It's what he makes you think, makes you think what might happen, what could happen. False evidence appearing real. Don't fall for it, y'all. He don't play fair. He's an idiot. He's a liar. He's the father of all lies. He can't tell the truth. Y'all, he can't tell the truth. So anything that's trying to distract you that does not line up with the Word of God, cast it down. Get rid of it. So let's go back into some more worship, and I want y'all to do that. that the enemy could present that would be anything like God. What is like you, Lord? Who is like you? Amen.
we can never thank you enough for wanting to dwell among us, to dwell in us. God, we thank you for all that you do and all that you've done and all that you're doing. And God, we just lift up every sick person in our faith family right now. Whether they're in the bed, cannot lift their head, whether they're watching online, wherever they are, if they're in a hospital, God, we just pray right now that your power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, that Holy Spirit power that dwells in us would just reach through because you know no time or space. So God, right where they are, we speak a healing touch to their body, God, right now. We pray that you make them whole and well, God. And in the midst of waiting for that, God, we pray that you would help them not to be distracted. God, help them to realize the enemy's tactics to not be discouraged. And God, every person that's watching this morning, God, I pray that you would just be with them. Let them feel your presence like we feel it here, God. Let them feel that you're near. Let them know that you're near. And God, every person in this place, regardless of what they're going through, if they're going through loss or sickness or depression, financial issues, whatever they're dealing with, God, I pray that you just make yourself real to them, God. Let them just reach out in this presence, God, and take hold of what you have for them. We rebuke every attack of the enemy on Northview Harvest Ministries and these people, God, and we believe that you have put a hedge of protection around us, and God, those that are sick are healed in Jesus' name. So God, we praise you and we thank you for this wonderful, wonderful, sweet time of your presence this morning, God. We thank you, God, that you love us enough to warn us, God, to encourage us, to love us, to not leave us the same. So God, we thank you for that right now in the name of Jesus. We praise you, Father God, and we thank you for your presence. moments ago during this spontaneous worship this this thing the spirit of the Lord was saying that to us that we shall not be moved whatever you're facing whether it be one thing or a conglomeration of things the Lord is saying you shall not be moved reminds me of an old song I shall not be I shall not be moved like a tree planted by the water, I shall not be moved. Somebody say that, I shall not be moved. And I sensed the Lord when they were singing that, I sensed the Spirit of God speaking to my heart, the word Ebenezer. How many of y'all heard that before? How many of you have ever heard it apart from Ebenezer Scrooge? How many of you have ever heard of a church called Ebenezer? Because there's a bunch of them. How many of y'all know what Ebenezer means? 
It's actually a Hebrew word. It comes from a Hebrew word. It means stone or rock, big rock of help. Stone of help, Ebenezer. It also means the rock of God. I want you to get this right here. Imagine a big rock. I don't know if Miss Chris is in here, but uh, Miss Chris Oxendine told me a story one time that her father liked rocks, like big rocks, like river rocks. So for his birthday one year, they bought him a big rock and had it brought in on a big truck. Now I want you to get this. If God is your rock of help, he's not a little rock. Suzette, he's a big rock. Pastor Carlos, he's not a little boulder. He's a big boulder. Now, I want you to imagine this right here. If he surrounds you, you're inside the rock. How many of y'all know up at Blewett Falls, there's big rocks out in that river that's been out there for centuries and centuries. And it doesn't matter how hard the water rushes down through there, it does not move the rock. Come on, somebody. It may overflow the rock, but it will not move the rock. When the water goes back down, when the water subsides, the rock's still right there where it used to be. Can I tell y'all right now, whatever you're facing, if you are in Christ, come on somebody, the Lord is saying to you today, he is your Ebenezer. You are in the rock of God. You are inside the stone of hell. So when he overflows us, he is wrapping us up in himself. We're not on the outside holding on to the rock. We are inside the rock just watching what's going on around us. Come on, somebody give him a praise today. Somebody say, let's sing that again. I want you to sing it like you're inside the rock, singing it outside to the world. Overflow in this place. Fill our hearts with your love. Your love.
Holy Spirit, we hear and we obey. We will not be shaken. We will not be distracted. We will look to you. We will look to you. Thank you for warning us. We will look to you. We thank you, God. We will not be moved. We will stand. Thank you, Father. Let's give him a praise for his words this morning. Yes. be seated in the audience. What an amazing time in his presence this morning. We are so grateful. We want to welcome you to Northview Harvest Ministries this morning. Thank you for being here. All of our faith family and our online congregation that are watching online, we're glad that you're here. Let's give them a big hand this morning. Yes. We are praying for you and believing for God's total healing. Amen. We thank you for being here. Um, we want to also take a moment to welcome anybody. If it's your first time at North Sea Harvest Ministries, if you'll look in your bulletin on the back page, it says first time here. There's a form on there. You will fill that out and it just tears right off. If you will take it to the Welcome Center, you go out these doors to the right. Someone will be out there to take that from you and give you a gift. So we hope that you will take advantage of that. And if you brought somebody with you this morning, you will take them back there to take advantage of that. We're just so glad. It's not an accident. It's not a coincidence that you're here this morning. We're glad that you're here. Yeah. I have a couple announcements for us. We will be taking down the Christmas decorations tomorrow at 10 a.m. So if you're available to help us, um, we hope that you can come out and help us do that. I know y'all have enjoyed them, though, because they're absolutely beautiful. We just got to enjoy my extra week this time. Yes, let's give uh, Ronald and Linda Jones and all their team a big hand for doing that for us this year. We're so grateful for that. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, tonight at 6 o'clock, our corporate prayer resumes tonight. So if you'll watch your bulletin, um, it will. if we have something else going on, we won't have prayer, but... It will be on the bulletin when we are having prayer, but we do have prayer at 6 o'clock tonight. We would love for you to come out and join us. I know we're fasting and we're in a season of prayer and um, um, fasting, but um, please join us tonight if you can for corporate prayer. Also coming up January 19th, 20 and 21st, we have our Limitless Worship Conference. We're very excited about that. That is for everybody. You don't have to be on a praise team or a worship leader or a band member to enjoy that. We hope that you will come out. It's going to be great. Lots of good teaching. And for a lot of you here that are here now, you weren't here back in the days when my mom taught so much on worship. And so this will be a good time for you to come and learn, um, learn become deeper um, deeper knowledge with that, what it means to worship while we worship. It's, it's going to be a great time, so we hope that you will join us. Also, we will be having a marriage conference February 24th and 25th. It's called Refresh Marriage Conference, and we're real excited. Um, we have enjoyed the EXO videos and being online with those, but we have actual people coming from Arkansas, uh, Rebecca and Billy Altman, who are friends of ours who went to our church in Charleston. They actually are missionaries with the Family Life Organization, and they will be here doing that, so we're excited about that. Um, we're excited you're going to be hearing more in information, so make sure you go ahead and put that on your calendars. The Worship Conference, January 19th through 21st, and the Marriage Conference, February 24th and 25th. There's going to be more information soon. We're very excited. We've got a great things planned for that so we hope that you will join us for that at this time we're gonna let children's church be dismissed so guys if y'all want to go ahead out this door over here
Smile as you go, guys. Come on, let's see some smiles. <laughs> we love our kids, don't we? As they're going out, it is time for giving. Yes, let's give them a big hand. They are precious. They are. Y'all, do y'all how they worshiped during their Christmas program? I was like, that's our next worship team coming up. Yes, awesome. So it's time to give. Who's excited to give this morning? This side. This side's excited to give. Is this side excited to give? Yes. So if you need a tithing envelope, our ushers are coming forward. If you'll raise your hand, they will give you one. Um, if you'll notice the screens, we give you many ways to give here at North Hill Harvest Ministries. And we know that a lot of you give online these days. And we thank you so much for that. So whether you give online or in-house, whether you mail it in, bring it by, we just want to thank you so much for your giving. I'm going to ask the ushers that they'll come forward. If you'll stand and prepare yourself to give if you're giving in-house today. Good seed to sow into. Amen. Good seed to sow into. All right. Our band is going to play for us as we give this morning.
God is awesome in this place. How many of y'all believe that today? How many of y'all believe God is awesome in your life? Would you give him a praise for that today? Would you lift your hands up and let's just pray over this offering, this tithe today? God, we return to you what is yours, your tithe. We honor you with that as you declare in your word. You said the tithe belongs to the Lord. We return that to you today. God, we do not want to be found guilty or missing or lacking or slacking. When the scripture says, will a man rob God? And the people responded, how have we robbed you? And you said in the tithe and the offering. We're not going to do that, Lord. We acknowledge our dependence comes from you today. And uh, our dependence is upon you. Our provision comes from you. We are totally dependent like little babies to their parents upon you. So God, move in our lives as you see fit. And we declare over this offering and we declare over this ministry, those in-house, those online, those that are here, those that are not here, we declare there is abundance in this house. There is abundance in this house. There is abundance in this house in the name of Jesus and on the authority of God's holy word. Somebody shout amen. 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 Wave at two people. Tell them you're glad to see them today and you can be seated. Blessings to everyone today. Thank you. I am here with a heavy assignment on my life today. And I pray that the Lord would speak through me and let the fire that is in my bones be felt through the sound of my voice and the passion of my heart. Let me tell you something today. Jesus Christ is the resurrected Lord and he is the king of glory. And there's only one way to get to heaven. And he said, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And there is no other way to the Father except by me. If you haven't had an opportunity yet, go ahead and share this video on social media. And this is what I want you to put for a hashtag, however you want to write it in, Jesus is coming soon. And that's what I want to talk with you for just a few minutes today. Jesus is coming soon. And I want to give you some global facts today that I hope would not be a source of boredom to you, but I hope it will be a source of enlightenment and excitement to you because when I lay these things out, I want you to see the coming of Jesus could happen before you even left this building. Amen? In the book of 1 Thessalonians, 
chapter 4, and I don't have PowerPoint for you today, so you're going to have to work. You're going to have to get some sweat equity in today. You're going to have to take harder notes, so you're going to have to turn in your Bible or get that smartphone, whatever. You're going to have to get there quick, all right? In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, starting in verse 13, now I love reading this passage at a graveside of a Christian's funeral. Listen to what the word of the Lord is. And this is the Apostle Paul writing from personal revelation that he has received from Jesus Christ. And Paul says, but I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. Now he's not talking about a nocturnal, you got tired and fell asleep. He's talking about folks who have died. But his, his objection to our way we do things today, we fall apart, we mourn, and, and so many people end up grieving for the rest of their life. Folks, listen, if I fall down dead up here, don't grieve over me. Man, I just went home. I just went where the Father has made a way for me through Jesus the Son. I'm gonna leave every trial, every woe, every ache, every heartache, every pain. I'm gonna leave every trial, every circumstance of adversity, and I'm gonna open my eyes and I'm gonna look on the face of Jesus who breathed life into me and my mother's womb. Come on, somebody. I'm gonna look upon the lover of my soul, the one that gave everything he had on the cross, gave his life, shed his blood and I'm going to look him in the eye. I'm going to see things that my eyes here on the earth cannot see. I'm going to smell things that my, my nose down here cannot smell. I'm going to hear sounds in heaven that I cannot hear down here. Man, don't mourn for me. I'm going somewhere that's amazing. Anybody else going there? Now, I understand in grief that there is a process that went the way God has designed us. When we lose a, a family member, a parent, a spouse, or a loved one, or a close friend, and there, there are processes that we go through. But I want you to hear what the word of the Lord is here. He said they've fallen asleep. Don't look at them as gone. Look at them as taking a nap. Perspective is everything, y'all. I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. Listen now. Lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. The converse of that is this. He said, lest you sorrow as those who have no hope. He's saying, hey, you got hope. Look at somebody say, I got hope. Listen, verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again. There's a big if right there. If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, do you believe today? Amen. Look at two people and ask them, do you believe it today? You better be able to answer that question. You better, you better be able to answer that question positively, folks, because I'm gonna tell you right now, Christianity, that is the cornerstone of this whole gospel right there. If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, everything else, if he did not rise again, everything else about Christianity is a lie. But baby, I'm gonna tell you what, if that tomb is empty, then everything about Christianity is the truth, and no matter what you face, you can go right through it by the power of Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Somebody give him a praise because we believe today. 
that he is the resurrected Lord. If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, God will bring with him. God's gonna bring with him. Everybody say God's gonna bring with him. When's he gonna bring them with him? When he comes back. God will bring with him. Mm -hmm. God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you, look what it says, by the word of the Lord. Y'all see that in verse 15? Paul is saying, I'm telling you this because I got this personally. Oh my God. I got this personally from the Lord. Come on now, my grandma didn't talk to me about it. My preacher, my mentor, my spiritual father didn't tell me about it. I wish somebody would help me for a minute. He said, I got this straight from heaven. This I say by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep or those who are dead already, those who are taking their nap. For the Lord himself, I want you to get this now, verse 16, for the Lord himself, he's not sending Gabriel, he's not sending Michael, he's not sending T.D. Jakes, he's not sending Billy Graham, for the Lord himself, somebody shout the Lord himself. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God. I don't know about anybody else, but I, I think about every hair follicle on my body standing up on him. Listen now. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and thus we shall always be with the Lord. That's in the Bible. That is what we term, folks, the rapture. That is when Jesus comes and takes the church out of the earth. The dead in Christ are gonna rise first. Now listen, you're not gonna see this happening starting on the West Coast and like Santa Claus, you know, starting across one side of the globe and going around and you can track him on your little app. No, baby, let me tell you something. Jesus said when this happens, it's gonna happen globally in the twinkling of an eye. Come, I ain't getting no help up here. I'll talk to myself for a little bit. Because you know what Jesus said? Jesus said two gonna be laying in the bed and poof, one of them's gonna be gone. Two folk gonna be working out in the field, working at the plant, gonna be working on the same machinery and poof, one of them's gonna be gone. You won't see it coming. All of a sudden, all you see is they are gone, gone, gone. Now, you better hear me well, folks. You think that's going to be crazy? The, listen, you, you've seen comics and memes and videos and stuff of cars crashing on the interstate, planes going down crashing because the drivers or the pilots have disappeared suddenly during this time of the rapture. But I want you to stop and think about the next week or next month after that. Imagine millions and millions and millions of people from all around planet Earth have suddenly disappeared. Christians whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Imagine folk that had job responsibilities that nobody else could do. Files and paperwork that they had put away that nobody knows where it's at. Imagine life insurance companies all of a sudden getting these claims on people that have disappeared. They're gone, they're dead, they think. They don't know what it is. They don't know how to describe it, but they're no 
longer here. So people start filing on this. Imagine folk with mortgages that have disappeared. Husbands and wives and homes by the tens of thousands all over the world are sitting there nobody's making payments on it. Imagine what I'm trying to give you here is imagine the financial problems that's going to happen globally. The world economic system is going to be shaken because Christians have gone. Look at somebody and say, he's coming, y'all. And can I go ahead and tell you? He's coming and most people aren't ready. I don't know if I better meddle with that too much. Here's the truth. Jesus is coming soon. And I want to talk with you today a few things we really need to be aware of in the global scheme of things. The United States, how many of y'all appreciate and love the United States of America? Well, I'm glad y'all do because there's a lot of people that have been born and bred and raised in this country that don't love it. I'm going to tell you why they don't love it is they don't know what they've got. Their little entitlement behinds have no concept. But I guarantee you, if you went to some places like uh, Eastern Europe, I bet if you spent a few days in Ukraine, I bet if, bet if you spent a month in Haiti, I bet if you went to some third world countries, I bet if you went to some parts of Africa where the only thing they have to live on is one little meal a day of a piece of curd or something like that. I bet you if you went and lived in that, I bet you when they came back to the United States of America, they'd literally have that proverbial thing. But it wouldn't be a proverbial or figurative. They would literally fall down on the tarmac and, and kiss the, the ground of this great planet or this great nation today. But folks, I want to tell you today, a lot of people want to see this country, the demise of it, and they're in this country because they don't have good sense to know what they're asking for, and they don't, I don't care if you don't like it or not, because I'm telling the truth today, and they don't have enough good sense in their foolishness to understand how blessed they are to be in the United States of America. Thank God for the United States of America. Are we perfect? No, we are not. But I'm going to tell you what. I've been to other countries. I've been to other nations. I've been to places shortly after communism fell. And I'm going to tell you what. When I got back to the United States of America, I was grateful for the United States of America. And in spite of all of our imperfections, this is still the greatest country on the planet. And if you don't realize this, let me just back up and remind you, since the fall of communism, when, and in the November 9th, 1989, when the wall between West Germany and East Germany began to be torn down by the masses of people there, and eventually in December 26, 1991, when the dissolve of the USSR happened, since that time, Almost 32 years ago, this country, the United States of America, has been the sole, S-O-L-E, the only superpower on the planet. Yes, there are other powerful countries. Yes, there's Russia. Yes, there's China. But they have not been able to equate or come to the level of the superpower of the United States of America. 
But folks, I want to tell you this and hear me well. A quick glance of world history will show you that superpowers, empires, do not last forever. And a lot of them, like the Greek Empire and the Roman Empire, they were not conquered from without. They collapsed. They imploded from within. I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, America will not be conquered by another nation. Because the one rallying point would be that Americans would unite to fight and protect our country from a China, from a Russia. So the United States of America is not going to be conquered from without, folks, but she is right now, currently, right this very minute, imploding and collapsing from within. And I'm going to go ahead and be honest with you. I don't know that I give America 10 more years to stand on the pace at which it's going. Here we are, January the 8th, 2023. And beloved, we're seeing history repeat itself. This country right now is on life support. This isn't the America of 10 years ago or 20 years ago or 30 years ago. We are on life support. We're on life support spiritually. First and foremost, we're on life support spiritually. Mm-hmm. We've got a generation today that knows no morals. They don't, they don't see a problem with lying. They don't see a problem with deceiving. They don't see a problem sending nude pics to one another. They don't see a problem with perversions from God's natural order of things of man and woman. I know some of this is not popular. I didn't come in here to take a popularity poll today. I came here to deliver a word from the Lord. And there are no biblical convictions. We've got a younger generation today that will look you in the eye and lie up one side and down the other and never blink an eye. But I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna tell you, let me talk to y'all over here just a minute and, and the rest of our youth up in here in this building. How many of y'all 19 and below? Wave your hand at me if you're in this room, 19 and below, thank you. Let me tell you something. Y'all hear what I tell y'all? Did y'all hear what I told you that Jesus is coming soon? Did y'all hear that? Wave your hand one more time. Hold it up. Did y'all hear what I told y'all? I'm gonna talk to y'all for a minute. Did y'all hear that? Did you hear that when I told you that there's not gonna be a warning sound like a tsunami horn gonna go off and you're like, oh, wait a minute. Is that the rapture horn? I better get right with God. No, let me tell you, when it happens, it's happening faster than that right there. In fact, the twinkling of an eye has been measured to be like one one-third of a second. So let me tell you something. When it happens, boom, God's gonna take everybody out of here. I wanna ask you a question, youth. What are you gonna be doing when the rapture takes place? What are you gonna be doing when Jesus comes back? Will you be on your phone looking at pornography? Will you be sending your latest nude or receiving your latest nude pic from some random person that you're in class with? Will you be token off of that joint? Because if you are, I hope it's gonna be worth it for you because there's not gonna be a chance for you to get 
with God. Today is the day of salvation. You better hear me well. You better not be locked up in a perverted relationship. You better not be in a compromising position and doing things that you know are not right when he comes back. I know, baby, this isn't talked about and this isn't preached like this, but it's time for the church to live holy, walk holy, and be holy because we believe a holy God is coming back at any minute in the twinkling of an eye after a holy people. Somebody give him a praise in here, would you? Our country is on life support financially. Our current debt, national debt, is $31 trillion. You want to know what that is? Write 31 and then write 12 zeros behind it. You want to see something fascinating later? Write this down. Don't do it now. But go to www.usdebt, D-E-B-T, debt clock. All that's one word, usdebtclock.org. Go there, and it will pull up America's, the United States of America, our current debt, and you will watch that thing that counter is just speeding because of interest that is being accrued. You think interest on your little 21% and you got $3,000 on your debit, your credit card, you think that's going to account a lot of interest? It, it will. But imagine the interest that is currently being accrued to $31 trillion. Not only that, if you just go to that, just go. It, that thing's got, that website's got a whole lot of stuff all over it about the United States financial debt. But if you just look in the top left corner, you will see that thing spinning like it's going 100 miles an hour. Let me tell you something, folks. There is no way this nation will ever get out from under $31 trillion of debt. And sooner or later, I don't care how many $1 bills and $200 bills or $220 bills and $100 bills, I don't care how much money you keep printing to stave off what is eventually going to happen. You can only hold it off for so long until that stuff collapses right on top of us. And at that point, I'm going to tell you what, church, the, the church in the United States of America better be standing strong and declaring, God help us, but the Lord is our provider. He is my Jehovah Jireh. He is my El Shaddai. Not the government, not my job, not my workplace. We're on life support politically. How many of y'all saw that fiasco in the news this past week with the Speaker of the House to be elected. What was it, 15? Was it 15 attempts before they finally got one elected? Did anybody catch, I think it was after 12 or 13 votes to get the Speaker of the House elected. Did anybody catch that little phrase that some of the news uh, people had in there that this has not been seen since the 1860s? Does anybody know what happened in the 1860s? The Civil War. 
In other words, folks, what they're saying is this nation has not been so polarized and split this bad since there was a civil war in this country. You know what that says to me? Things are ripe for another fight. We don't want to see that. We don't want to see brother against brother. Family against family. The devil is a liar. This country needs God. Can I get a witness today? We're on life support judicially. We are whittling away at punishment for crime. Zero tolerance is a phrase that used to be heard in the legal system. It used to be heard in schools. But now zero tolerance is nowhere to be found in cities, states, and especially in schools. Because just a month or so ago, the Scotland County School Board had a meeting that was online, it is online, on the website, on the Facebook page, whatever, and the lawyer was on the phone saying, we cannot use that wording of zero tolerance anymore. We gotta find all kind of loopholes to get around this stuff. And we can't punish for this and we can't punish for that. Well, let me tell you something, folks. Where there is no restraint, where there is no restraint, you will have a generation that will rise up and be completely lawless. We have allowed liberty. I better hurry up on up in here. Justice and liberty. How many of y'all ever seen a picture of justice or liberty and they're always depicted as a woman? Lady Liberty. Justice is always promoted as a woman with blindfolds holding the law and a scale in one hand. That she would be blind and fair and balanced. But let me tell you about justice and liberty today, folks. We've seen justice and liberty has been raped pillaged and is now being prostituted by pimpish special interest groups in this country. Am I being negative? Nope, I'm just telling you the truth. You know why I'm telling you the truth? Because this shows you this country is primed up for collapse and Jesus is coming soon. And I'm gonna show you how all that's gonna work together. Again, within the next decade or so, folks, this country is gonna flatline. We Americans are all warm, cozy, and fuzzy with our little throw covers of mediocrity while our world is at the brink of World War III. On February 24, 2022, Russia invaded Ukraine. Do you understand, folks, the ramifications of that? That's not just a Russia-Ukraine thing. That was Russia firing a shot across the bow of the United States and the world itself. Come on, somebody. World peace is in jeopardy. Listen, Putin is not just after Ukraine. Putin wants all of the former USSR countries to come back in to a communist regime. And not only is there Putin, but we need to look over to China with their bedfellow. 
I know people don't want to hear this. You thought you're supposed to come in here and hear now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. I'm here to tell you, you better get ready. Jesus is coming soon. Putin and China are bedfellows. Do you understand what I'm telling you? And China has been watching Putin in the Ukraine because as soon as Putin can gain traction and get success and NATO does not respond and the sole current world power does not respond, China's going to know it has free reign to do whatever it wants to and it's going to pounce on Taiwan like a cat on a little mouse. And not only does China want Taiwan, but they already have plans for expanding past Taiwan. There's only one thing standing between Russia and China doing these things, folks, and it is the United States of America. And they're just biding their time until our erosion internally weakens us to the point that we cannot do something about it. I know this is not popular, but let me tell you a little more. If you read your Bible, there's a big word. It's called eschatology. Has anybody ever heard of that big word, eschatology? Eschatology is the doctrine or the study of end times. And how many of y'all know the Bible talks a lot about end times? It talks a lot about the last events coming up to the culmination of time as we know it. We just talked about the rapture of the church. See, folks, when Jesus takes the church out and these countless hundreds of millions of people around the world disappear, y'all do understand the world is gonna be thrown into chaos, right? And the Bible teaches us at that point there's gonna begin, in, the, in God's scheme of things, a seven-year clock will begin to tick. Because when all these people disappear, there's gonna be one man that will step up and he will rally the world and he will be known as the Antichrist and he will gain so much promotion and so much prominence in the world that the entire world will rally behind him and make him the sovereign leader of the world. And for three and a half years, everything's gonna look hunky-dory. He's going to lead and he's going to promote and he's going to do all this. But folks, you better hear me. After three and a half years, all hell's going to break loose. Listen to me. Something he's going to do is called the abomination of desolation. How many of y'all know Jews are kosher? They don't do pork. But the Bible tells us in this time that Jewish the Jewish temple is gonna be rebuilt. And I'm gonna talk about that in just a second. And they're gonna be doing live animal worship. They're gonna be doing live animal sacrifice. Excuse me, right there. Let me get, not worship, not worshiping, but they will be sacrificing in worship. The Jews will literally be sacrificing animals on the altar to, to Jehovah God in a rebuilt temple. And then on this three and a half year period of peace in there, this Antichrist is gonna come in with a pig and he's gonna slaughter this pig, this pork, this animal that is unclean to the Jews. He's gonna sacrifice this animal on their altar and all hell is gonna break loose in planet Earth. What are you gonna be doing 
when the rapture takes place. Because personally, I don't plan on being around seeing that part of Bible fulfilled. Everybody shout the dome on the rock. How many of you ever seen that big golden dome temple over there in Jerusalem? Y'all understand, listen, y'all understand that is one of the top three, I believe it is, it's one of the top three Muslim sites, Islamic sites, holy sites on the planet. Y'all understand that? Listen now, but back in 1967, there was a six-day war in Israel. Y'all remember hearing about that? I know none of y'all old enough to remember that. Y'all read about it in the news though, right? In that six-day war, Israel defeated all of these Palestinians that were wanting to drive them out of Israel. And in six days, God miraculously gave them the victory and they took Jerusalem and Israel took the area that is the dome on the rock. It belongs to Israel. Somebody say that with me, it belongs to Israel. But listen now, after that six day war, Israel made a decision that they're gonna let the Islamic nations, the Islamic people of the world, keep that as their place of worship, that dome on the rock. But did you know that that dome on the rock is where the original temple that Jesus walked in, that's where it was. And now there is a rising tide in the Jewish community that they need to rebuild their own temple. In fact, they're already stockpiling materials to build it with. But there's one problem is they've got to build it where the dome on the rock is. Did you know that right now there are newly elected just the last few months there are Jewish officials that are newly elected that are stepping up and saying, you know what? It is time for us to renege on that obligation to the Islamic community. We want this territory. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. They're saying we're gonna take back one of the world's Islamic third most important holy sites. Do you understand when they do that? The Islamic people around the world who already hate Israel are going to be fit to be tied. Am I talking to anybody today? He's coming soon, y'all. Look at somebody say, he's coming soon. Let me wrap this thing here all together. Are you ready for this? Hear me, I am not fear-mongering today. I'm telling you what is real, and we need to be ready. I like this big stage, by the way. Have I lost y'all on the camera? I'm gonna come talk to y'all in a minute. Hold up. Y'all better be scared over there. It's playing. Listen. Remember I gave you that big word eschatology a minute ago? I bet you couldn't spell it, could you? Uh, I don't know if some of y'all could. Eschatology, the doctrine of end times. If you study eschatology, you will see no symbolism of the United States of America anywhere 
in there. And I take a lot of flack for what, I've been, what I'm about to tell you. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. I've been declaring this for about 20 years now. In the end time prophetic scheme of things, there is no United States mentioned. Did you hear that? It's gone. Either that or it is so, it has such a lack of power and influence that it's not even mentioned on the world stage. Because the book of Zechariah tells us that in the last days, when the nations of the world have surrounded Jerusalem because of their hate for the Jewish people and they are about I mean, I'm serious, y'all. Nations, militaries have surrounded Jerusalem. They've got rockets, warheads, planes, tanks. They have surrounded it, and they are ready to unleash hell. They are ready to wipe Jerusalem off the map. Do you hear what I'm telling you? And this Antichrist is going to be given the countdown. Ten, nine, all the news trucks, satellite signals, drones, everything's going to be videoing this. Nobody's ever seen an entire major metropolitan city of people wiped off the face of the earth like this. Eight, seven, six, five, four. People have got their hands, their fingers on the red buttons, ready to fire, ready to send those missiles, those warheads. But let me tell you something's going to come out of the eastern sky. Because y'all better hear what I'm telling you. The book of the Revelation and the book of Zechariah says that Christ himself will descend. Come on, somebody. He's coming down on a white horse. He's coming back on a white horse. He'll be wearing a vesture, a robe that's been dipped in blood. He will be called faithful and true. I wish somebody would help me preach up in here. But you know what? He's not coming by himself. The Bible says the saints are gonna be coming with him. We are coming down. And the Bible says out of his mouth, we'll come a two-edged sword. Y'all understand? With his word, Jesus will totally annihilate the armies of the world. The Bible says that blood will flow so deeply in some of the valleys around Jerusalem that it will flow as high as a horse's bridle, a river of blood from the men, that have, animals that have died there. You can say, oh, Pastor Tim, I've been hearing this. I've seen, I've seen the movie Left Behind. Well, let me tell you something. You keep on watching the movie and you keep on hearing it. And if all it's doing is, it, all, of it's, all it's doing is just giving you contempt for truth, I'm going to tell you right now, he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. You better be ready. He's coming. In the twinkling of an eye, you better be ready. You better live holy. You better be holy. You better think holy. Miss Kim told y'all today, you better guard what's coming in your eye gate, what's in your ear gate. Come on now. You better guard what's coming out of your mouth gate. Come on now. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You better guard those things. That's part of being holy, y'all. He's coming. You can say, I've heard this so long, Pastor Tim, but I'm going to tell you what. Can you see all of this stuff lining up? Let me back up to Ukraine. We are this close to World War III, y'all. 
Putin is desperate. And I don't know. I don't know if there is a more prideful, egotistical man on the planet than Vladimir Putin. And how many of you know, if you get a, per, a person that is full of pride, when they get desperate, they'll go to some extreme measures to save face. Did you see that last week, week, not last month, not last year, last week, Russia lost 10,000 soldiers in Ukraine. Do not be surprised when a desperate Putin fires a warhead or something into Ukraine. And that will be, I know people don't think of these things anymore, but y'all remember the old uh, kitchen matches that would strike on any surface? Let me tell you something, y'all. When Putin does that, that's the match that's gonna spark World War III. And I'm gonna tell you right now, this country is not in shape, condition, no position to step up as a World War III superpower. It will be the straw that broke the camel's back because we're already dead inside. But God. Let me tell you what's not dead. Let me tell you what's not flatlined. Let me tell you what's not comatose. The body of Christ. Come on, our country might be flatlined spiritually as a nation, but let me tell you something. Inside this country today, there are some people that are hungry for God, and there are some people, I believe right now, America would have folded, America would have imploded already if it were not for the righteous of God standing up and saying, God, hear our cry. God, we stand in the gap for this country. God, we love those who are caught up in the bondages of sin and death. We stand in the gap. How many of y'all know this? Mom said it, mom said it. Sister Blee's, Pastor Blee said it months ago. She said this. She stepped up here during a time of worship. And I don't know if anybody got it, but boy, it hit me like a ton of bricks. She said we should never forget that when we worship in here, we are not just worshiping for ourselves. We are worshiping for the entire world. Our worship is impacting the entire globe. And let me tell you something, folks. It's not just Northview. There are churches like Northview all around this country. They may not be many. They may be far and few in between but there are people that are really hungry for a move of God and can I tell you what you got some maniacs like Tim Hodge that's standing up and saying yes Jesus is coming back but he's coming back not after a weak emaciated depleted church he's coming back after a bride that is full of glory somebody help me up in here In fact, Ephesians chapter five, verse 27 is still in the book. It says that Jesus, the bridegroom, the husband may present to himself at his own marriage that he may present her, the church, the body of Christ to himself as a glorious church. Listen, Jesus is coming soon. But I believe there's a move of the spirit coming first. 
But I could be wrong. So you better be ready. But I'm going to tell you what. I don't want to be ready just because I'm here for some great escape mentality. I want that move of the Spirit because I want to be used. I want to plunder hell and populate heaven. Would you stand to your feet with me today? Look at two people tell them it's coming soon. Let me, let me say one more thing to the youth in here. Youth, those that I had, you raised your hand a few minutes ago. Let me say this. Young ladies, young ladies, young ladies, young ladies, 19 and below, wave your hand at me. Just hold it up for a minute. Young ladies, thank you. Hold them up. Don't be scared. I ain't going to come bite y'all or nothing. Listen, young ladies, your sexuality is not your significance. That's what the little G-O-D, the little God, the prince of the power of the air, Satan and the kingdom of darkness, that's what they want you to think. That your sexiness, your body, your body parts, showing those to guys is going to make you important, significant to them. No, it's not. That's not your significance. It's not. That's a lie. Young guys, 19 below, hold your hand up. Listen to me. Your sexual prowess and your accomplishments, your feats, your encounters, You can have sex with some of the finest girls in Scotland County, Richmond County, Marlboro County, Anson County, Hoke County, Robco. And in the morning, you're going to wake up and still be empty inside. That's your flesh telling you, feed me. You're still going to be empty. And young ladies, those of you that put out, thinking that's going to make him love you, you're still going to be empty. You know why I say that? I'm not saying that to mock you. I'm saying it because of this. This is God's word right here. And you know what it says? It says in Colossians, Colossians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, hear me. It says that in Jesus dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you know what the next line says? And we are complete in him. Even husbands, wives in here today, you can look at your husband, you can look at your wife, and you can say, I love you, I adore you, but you can never say that they complete you. The moment you say that, you're putting something on them that they cannot fulfill because no human being is ever going to fulfill and complete another human being. That space is reserved for your creator, your God, your king. Only Jesus can complete us. So young ladies, let me, let me encourage you today. Listen, guard your chastity. Guard your chastity. Be holy with your body. Young men, don't think your next exploit is going to make you a real man. It's just going to make you a boy in a man's body is all it's going to do. You want to be a real man? Be God's man.
be holy be a part of what God wants to birth in this generation in your generation in the earth you want to do something be a game changer want to be a player keep on playing I'm not looking for players I'm looking for game changers what will you be doing when Jesus comes don't be caught napping don't be caught with your hand in the cookie jar of something you ought not be doing because once that bus leaves there's not a second bus route y'all there's only one go on this bus you better be on it when it comes by the first time God ain't playing no games Holy Father, today I pray over this congregation. God, I bless them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. I pray over those that are under the sound of my voice, whether they're live right here or whether they're online in their homes or riding down the road watching it while it's live or watching it archived later. God, I pray every man, woman, boy, and girl, I pray, Lord, that nobody be playing games with God. That, Lord, I pray right now, I pray whatever you need to do, I pray you to bring fear back to this generation. This generation, look in the eyeball and lie to you, up one side, down the other. I said it a minute ago, but I pray you to bring fear, bring reverence, bring respect back to this generation. God, whatever you got to do to do that, you be God. But that's what we're praying for today. God, I pray if there's any man or woman in this room that is not where they need to be with you, if they're not in right relationship with you, God, I pray right now by the power of the Holy Ghost that you touch their heart. And God, I pray that you draw them to you and that they out of their own heart, out of their own mouth will say, Lord, forgive me of my sin. I am a sinner in need of a Savior. Father, I pray for the body of Christ today. Everything that I've shared, every one of these scenarios, every one of these facts, I pray right now that the body of Christ would be encouraged because the sovereign God is working all of this according to the finalization of his great plan of the gospel of Jesus Christ that the Son of God would have a bride to present to himself. And the entire book of the Revelation culminates in this, the marriage supper of the Lamb, the wedding feast, when Jesus sits down in heaven with his bride, the church. Strengthen your people today, God. Give us wisdom, knowledge, understanding, insight, and foresight. Let your gifts be in operation, Lord God. Let the fruit of the Spirit be evident in us. And whatever you're doing in the earth, let us be right on the cutting edge of it today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, I said everybody said, come on, will somebody give the Lord a praise today and just love on him for a minute? I declare over you today, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you.
the Lord cause his countenance to rise upon you and give you peace. Amen. God bless you. I love y'all. Have a great rest of your day. Don't forget we got prayer at 6 o'clock. We'd love to have you.